computer with kind of shit sound? Or well, like right now it's working, so we're gonna do it right now. <laughs> so. It's working now. <laughs> All right, guys. My guest is Dr. Ben Backus. Oh my god! You and we could not get this fucking microphone to work for shit. So now it's working, and my guest is not only a doctor, but he is also a newly minted ninja coach, and. If you look at this guy, you wouldn't be able to tell because looking at him, he looks like a fucking math tutor, but he's also a fucking math tutor. So, none of the, uh, here we go, guys. This is Ben Backus, baby. Dr. Ben Backus. Ben, we got it going, man. It took us 45 fucking minutes. A real fucking professional <laughs> setup you got here, you fucking moron. <laughs> God it is 9.50 at night. It's 9.50 at night. We're in Atomic Training and Performance, and we're only two beers in because I told Ben, you know, I, I kind of coaxed him in here. Let's, uh, let's, let's Under come the in. the guise of professionalism. We'll have a drink after Open Gym, and um, maybe i move this thing closer. We'll have a drink after Open Gym. We'll do the podcast, 9 o'clock, and... It ended up being it's 9:55 right now because it took me 55 minutes to get this thing working, and by chance, it just went on. So, that being said, Ugh. I really enjoy a beer after training. I don't do it all the time, but it does taste good. Yeah, it is nice. I mean, I, I didn't do I didn't do shit tonight at Ninja. I just kind of socialized, but it is still nice to have a beer. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I mean, you're still training hard, and they say actually one beer is good. Something with, uh, I don't know, Casey told, told me about it. Like, that's where they give, a, they give a beer after a Spartan race. That's more psych- – wouldn't you think that's more psychological and about what you earn? That too. Yeah. I think that too. But – sorry, guys. I'm just trying to get, get comfortable here. I'm not trying to get comfortable. I'm trying to get this to record. But, yeah, I think it is psychological, but it's also something with the um, – I don't know if it's a buffer, a lactate buffer or something like that. Don't quote me on that. I certainly wasn't going to. No, I know. So, I mean, it's a, but it's a shit beer. It's fucking. It's Michelob Ultra. Like, there's no actual flavor there. Like, they is that what they give? No, they give Bud Light, right? No, they give Michelob Ultra, the the official beer of like. Have you see? I'm sure you've seen the commercials. Like, oh, the Turbo Code Fin Club. Like, oh, oh for Spartan. Yeah, dude. I didn't know that. It's I garbage beer. Okay. You know, Michelob Ultra. Actually, I haven't had one in forever. Please so justify know. Michelob Ultra. <laughs> Please. I can't. I can't. I'm not going to. But. So how do you like uh, coaching now so far? That, might I say, wait, we're very excited that you are a coach. We're very excited and we love having you here. But go ahead. Uh, coaching's, a, coaching's a blast. Like, yeah. I had this image of what it was in my head and that hasn't been what it was, but I kind of am glad that my, that my expectations were kind of, uh, were kind of subverted. Yeah. Um, I think I had in, in my head sort of pictured like what, what, what Casey does during Spartan stuff uh, where it's like 20 people and you're directing traffic and this and that. Yeah. But it's, it's always been smaller and more intimate. It's been like, you know, yeah, six people at most. Uh, but, you know, but that's actually been cool because I've gotten to focus a lot more on technique with, um, with people with trying to work on how to do a, how to do a better lache or how to do a salmon ladder. And I'm starting to realize like I have the motivational – aspect and I have the organizational aspect but a lot of the minutia of techniques like trying to really break down how to do a lache for someone 
it's a lot trickier than I think I initially expected. Yeah, because when you do when you when you are teaching someone something like that, it's uh, you have to break it down basically. Yeah, that's exactly what you're saying, like breaking it down mm-hmm. in steps. But and I'll admit, I, I had I had my anxieties because of course it's I something mean, new. It's something new, and I, I've been teaching stuff. I've been teaching college classes for a couple of years. I've been. I taught martial arts in fucking 20 years ago. Oh, he's also a black belt in American karate. I forgot about that. Anyway, go ahead. But, I mean, like, when you, when you look at just the strict knowledge of, of ninja stuff, like, of, of my predecessor here, like, that guy, he, he, he's been studying this stuff for a long time. He learned under, under, you know, under guys like JJ, and he just knows so much more about the, the specific techniques uh, that I just, I just don't have that knowledge The interesting yet. thing about doing the ninja obstacles and things like that I think a lot of it comes with doing it and a lot of it is is practicing it and then that's how you learn your technique yeah just sitting there over and over and over yeah, again and, pra- and, that, and then you can teach it and then you can learn a good technique and teach it yeah so because there isn't like a certification on ninja there isn't I mean mm-hmm. it's just it's not an art yet like no. parkour is or I, I anything don't else, really. I don't know if I really want it to be. I mean, who am I to say what I would want this 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 niche sport to become? Because I'm so new to it. Like I, I would defer that question to to more professional guys, like you know, from guys from Kaya to, to Drew Dreschel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that it's niche. Yeah. But it. But I love that it's niche because it's it's a niche part of me. But if that's how they make their money, I you know I want them to be able to to do what they need to do to survive and if the sport becoming larger upsets me then you know so be it if, if it helps legitimize and, and help helps them along more you know yeah well the thing is ben i mean just because you're new at it doesn't mean you're not going to be really good at teaching it so and we're already getting good feedback from people and from me and casey just seeing you how you do things and how creative you are pretty awesome that's actually probably been my favorite part it's just making up I, I'm just trying to make up obstacles that haven't been that haven't been seen before and, and when NNL comes uh, whenever that's going to be I have I have a course in my head yeah right now I'm excited about has, that it's going to have some unique unique stuff and like I, I said to you the other day I remember when I spoke to you on the phone where I'm like hey man we got to do the podcast I want to talk to you um, I was saying uh, what did I say I said you're an artist because you are you fucking you put some mats up or whatever or a different technique on how to do the monkey bars when I saw you oh, having people doing that I was like what the heck is that and Casey loved it too good so that was cool really cool it's, it's, it's been a it's been a lot of fun it, it has been and I thought I was gonna really get I thought the, the point that I thought was really gonna frustrate me is what if I work with someone who doesn't who you know who is just a complete novice who's never done it before and I did that on Tuesday and it was one of the most enjoyable hours I had just working one on one with someone about even just doing a rope swing yeah, just man. swinging on the rope, and it was just so cool to see them build up from that. And oh and yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. The, the novices, I like training with them. I think it's it's fun, and when they get something that they never got, it's pretty cool. Like when they get a rope climb for the first time or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty sweet. It's just there there there, there will always be that feeling of, and we have this in psychology. Uh, oh, what's the, what's the oh, what's the uh, it's, a, it's not a real diagnosis. It's more colloquial, but it's the idea. Oh, imposter syndrome. What does colloquial mean? <laughs> oh. Um, Thank you. Colloquial is just more like an everyday kind of – I don't know how to describe it. It's more of an everyday – it's like an everyday kind of term. Okay. So a colloquialism isn't a colloquialism, which is super obnoxious and stupid. Um, <laughs> so forget it. Don't worry about it. But like um, – 
there's something called imposter syndrome where like okay like you know, young young professionals get it all the time psychologists doctors anybody uh does where they don't think that they have what it takes and i frequently have that thought like i i would feel it would feel oh, very wow it, it would feel very disingenuous of me to create like one of my one of my concerns for the nnl was i don't want to create an obstacle like a i don't want to create a course that i myself couldn't do because who, who would i be to judge people on something that that, that uh Gotcha. That can surpass me, but that's the way it is. Yeah. That's... I mean, if, if guys like Ronald come to the, come to the competition, which I certainly hope they would, boom. You know, I, I am now, you know, I'm, I'm now running something for you people have better. To. Yeah, dude. But that's fine. You're a practitioner. It doesn't mean you have to be the best, but sometimes the person who's the coach. I mean, you have to be. You got to. Even though if you're doing the sport, you don't have to be better than somebody to coach it. You have to be a better teacher, mm-hmm. and you definitely are. Because you know how to talk to people, you know how to teach people, you know how to break things down. And I think I'm just used to guys like, like I mean, the only ninja coach I ever had has been physically pretty spectacular. So I'm just like, oh, I have to like I have to have that, but I don't. Who gives yeah, a- that's the thing. Yeah, you don't have to. You have to have a mind for it. You have to have a mind for teaching. You have to be an educator. I mean, even though it's physical, it's it's a different. It's a sport. But yeah, you have to be be an educator, be able to break things down, and have a mind. That's <laughs> that's what I see. <laughs> Sorry to undermine your point. This of, guy's a doctor, everybody. Ah, excuse me. So, how was the ten miler? So Ben just did a ten miler, a ten mile race. What was the nighttime race with DTR? We mentioned DTR three times already on the. Oh, Mario in and of himself probably mentioned it. Oh, you have hundred no times him talking about. Did he talk, let, me ask, let me ask you a question. Did Mario and Alex talk about Andre Chavez? Uh, absolutely. God, yeah. I got it. Mario and Alex. I hope you're listening. <laughs> Probably the only listeners. <laughs> but fucking, they are so obsessed with Andre Chavez. Like, there's, I, I, there, there's a phenomenon. I actually had a conversation with my barber recently. Um, I have my own barber, not to brag. <laughs> uh, and he cuts um, Monte Davis, the cornerback uh, or safety for the uh, ex cornerback or safety, Colts, Bills, Monte Davis. Jets, yeah, yeah, shit, the name, Dolphins. Yeah. Uh, lives down here and my barber is his barber and he talked about the difference between like, like some people like his friends see him Why and say dropping? and say I mean I never met the guy he <laughs> was actually I consider myself an NFL fan and I showed up one day and he was getting his hair cut before me hey, but my guy didn't have a clue who he was didn't have a clue so who you know I'm an NFL fan but like I, you know, I can rec- I'll recognize Cam Newton and fucking Drew Brees well, that, yeah I gotcha um, but I heard him talking to to, uh, to the haircut to my, uh, my haircut guy Chris uh, and he said, like, you know, in some ways I'm Vontae, but, like, to the vast majority of the world, I'm Vontae Davis. Like, people don't see me as Vontae, the dad, the husband, the whatever. They say, hey, Vontae Davis. Like, if you, if you, like, yeah. if, if LeBron James walked in here, LeBron you, James. You wouldn't say, hey, LeBron. You'd say, LeBron James. Like, yeah. and it's because their, 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 ident- their professional identity to us, that is the only part of who they are. Exactly. Um, where, but there's so much more. There's so much more to them, and that, and I was just joking with Mario and Alex because that's what they were doing to Andre Chavez. Every time we were having a conversation about this guy, we could have just said he and him, but but there were no Andre pronouns. Chavez. It was all oh Andre Chavez this and Andre Chavez that, and it was so clear that he was like this larger than life figure then, which is cool. I I, th- I think that's great. I mean, Lord knows I have I have larger than life figures in my in my life. If I met like if I met John Stewart or something, I wouldn't say John. I'd be like oh John Stewart. Like yeah, you know that's funny how you say that because yeah. They always say Andre Chavez. Alex Romario always say Andre Chavez. Mm-hmm. And 
we're gonna talk about you again, Andre, because we're talking about you every fucking podcast so far. I didn't even meet him. So He's I an animal. I don't have too much to say about him because I didn't even meet him at the race. He'll just do it like he'll 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 go and podium a hundred mile race. He sounds like he was pretty impressive. Drop of a hat. But the race the race in and of itself was fun. It was five miles out, five miles back, kind of made a loop. Yeah. Um, and just through puddles and stuff, and it was. I mean. I, you know, I don't know. Looking, looking back, on, I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to think of what what to say about it. But it was so, it was very unique. I loved running at the sunset. I loved at running night, at the dark. Right, that's it was, awesome. It was a cool feeling. I'll, I'm so disappointed that I missed it because I had to go to work. Like, man, the five miles out goes so much quicker than that five miles back. Oh like, yeah. I thought I thought around every next turn was going to be the finish line, and it, it came so much later. And I, I, I noticed, and it's just. I had this conversation with Mario, and I had this conversation with uh, with John earlier about how I am very competitive, but I am also so anti-competitive uh, at I the same you. time. Like, so Mario told me about how he, when he finished the race, he was like neck and neck with this guy, and they were fucking like, like Mario's head, and this guy, then Mario, and this guy, and like, oh, I took his soul, and, it, and it's cool. But like, when I finished thirty minutes behind uh, Mario, like some old Hispanic guy was like running with me. And, like, we motivated each other, and, like, we crossed the line. I was like, I couldn't have done it without you, man. I made it so much. And then we just parted ways. Like, I need that collaboration. I love competition, but, like, one of my favorite things to see in sports to this day, like, I, I love, like, I'm a diehard Spurs fan, and I'm like, fucking beat this team and beat that team. Yeah. But, like, but, like, if I see, a, if I see, let's say the Spurs are playing the Warriors, who I hate, but if I see a, a Spurs player help up a Warriors player. You get mad. No, I no, I get, I get like, oh my god, oh. life is so much more important than sports. And looking at crossing, the, <laughs> crossing over the divide, and I'm just like, it's it's so beautiful. Like I need that. Like if two, like when two boxers hug at the end of, I don't really watch boxing, but like if two boxers hug at the end of the match, I feel so good. I'm like, okay, they live, they, they're okay with each other, and everything's That's all right. So like, funny. no, it's true. I feel the same, the same I, way. I need, I need that sportsmanship kind of stuff. If it wasn't there. I would I would be uncomfortable. Oh yeah, no. Every, everything I've ever done always had good sportsmanship. I never hated anybody after. If anything, you 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 love them more after. It's yeah. weird. It's like we just did this together. Even though if you get your ass beat or whatever, yeah. You know, if I ever wrestled or grappled or whatever, yeah. Someone, you always hug each other after. Like I need I need that. If I like if, if I was to get into any sort of match with anyone and they didn't come and high five me at the end or say good game or something, I would have I would have trouble digesting that. Oh yeah, and you'd want to fight him again. That's just a. Fl- I don't know. Would you? Um, I don't know. A part of me says like it, it would depend on the nature of, of, of the game. Oh, I got you. If it was in basketball and, and like I beat him bad or something, I, and, and they walked off, I'd be like, I'm fucking like, who gives a shit? Yeah. But if it was, I don't, I don't know if, if it was something that was more closely contested and they walked off, I think I would feel I would feel hurt. Gotcha. But I, I always like whenever I'm guarding someone in basketball. Even if I don't know him, I always try to have like a brief conversation. Hey, my name's Ben. Nice to meet you. And if I don't get that back, like this is great. If I ever play anyone in basketball, like the way to get under my skin is, is to just not be nice. <laughs> like I don't mind trash talk. I trash talk people all the time for fun. Like oh, I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna dunk on you. I, obviously, I've never dunked a basketball in my life. <laughs> but like if I say hey, my name's Ben, and someone does is just kind of like grunts at that and doesn't say oh hey, my name's like Steve. Good yeah. luck or whatever. Have some fun. It would throw but me that's off so usually much. an asshole. Like, if you're not gonna like, you're playing a pickup game, mm-hmm. you're not gonna introduce yourself to somebody. You're a tool. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm sensitive. Like, I, I am a like you could ask Jess. I am a sensitive guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. I don't. I, I guess I, I. I didn't really know. I guess I know now. Sensitive Ben. I am. I am. A, I am a. Oh yeah. 
And you sweat like a motherfucker. I sweat like a motherfucker. I, I remember one of my first month at, at ATP. Uh, I, one of my one of my, uh, one of my wife and I have a number of cats, and one of one of our one of our beloved cats had passed away. And like I, oh, okay, like, I remember. You remember? Like I four remember. Days in a row yeah, I came in here was just like in tears. Yeah, I just couldn't. But that's that's normal. People, I mean, come on, man, that's your pet. Yeah, especially a dog or a cat. It's different. Yeah, they're family. You know, absolutely. Yeah. There's no no question about that. But yeah, so I mean, so I'm, I'm back to the down to run thing. Like I'm 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 so much more collaborative than competitive. But I, I think you know it, it might just be a be a shield because I'm, I'm I am very I'll, I'll be way more collaborative in things that I'm kind of new to. But if it's something that I feel really confident, you'll be more in, competitive. I'll, I'll, you know, that, 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 that competitiveness <laughs> definitely comes out. Like, like I'm sure with with doing ninja, ninja obstacles and things like that, you're more competitive. Oh, we, we, doing the Spartan classes, I definitely the competitiveness comes out. Like, and I and I feel very territorial over the gym. Yeah. Like if someone if someone shows up who's not from the gym, I have to show them that we're better than them. <laughs> and it might not be me. If it's me, if it's me, that's super cool. It's but definitely not than, just you because I could see it. But if they're better than me, I'll be like, well, fucking Ronald could beat them. <laughs> like there, there were a couple people in here recently who. Who I, I didn't like the way they were looking at at, at the gym, and I, uh, like they, they they felt a little cocky about, uh-huh. about how they did during a Spartan class. So I knew I saw them looking over in my direction. So I just went. And I did. I went up the salmon ladder and I dropped and I like looked at them. And I was like, "That's what the fuck." It is. <laughs> and they're like, "Whoa, that was cool." And like immediately when they said, "Whoa, that was impressive," all of that competitive you got nice. Just like left me. And I was like, "Oh, thank you so much." I'm like, oh, so hard and you're so nice. It's it's ridiculous. Man, I love it. But I'm the kind of, I'm the same way. I will say that. I really am the same way. Like during Atomic Wars, like I, I walked around to all the, the ATP people and was like, This fucking this 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 trophy stays here. No one else gets it. But then when I met the other people who weren't from here, I was like, Oh, they're so nice. Like, I don't wanna <laughs> But if there was someone who was a dick, I was I was very like mm, I'm gonna beat you. <laughs> or if I won't Ronald will, Ronald will get you. Ronald will get you. Ronald or Ruben will get you. <laughs> Something better than me and stronger than me because I can't lift the brood ball. That is so funny. You, yeah, you could. I can, but it just, I mean, like, those guys throw it around like it's nothing. I have to, like, heave and hoist and it all that. It weighs more than you, Ben. Yeah, it almost does. 110 pounds? That's most of me. <laughs> oh, man. So I wanted to talk to you about this question that you texted me and Casey. Oh, yeah. About a month ago? The question was, ago, yeah. I, to correct me if I'm wrong, because I wrote it down. Uh, you said, what historical figure would you be, a historical figure of power, and why? Is that what you said? Or, no, no, no. Go no. ahead. So, okay, so I realized after I sent the question that I kind of butchered it. Go so, ahead. Um, you know what? I, I can actually probably find it on here. Hold on. Here we go. Go ahead. Okay, Intre- here, here it is. Interesting thought that requires some suspe- some suspension of skepticism. If I were to drop your soul, quote unquote soul, into any vessel that, i.e., human body, throughout the course of history, no limits on when, where, or when, which one would have had the greatest uh, impact on society, humanity, and what would that impact have been? The drop happens at birth. So here was the idea that I had. Holy shit! It wasn't. I, I, I thought of it when I was in, when I was at the Grand Canyon. And I was just being all introspective and wow. And I mean, trying to think that I was being whimsical, but whatever. Uh, so the the, the 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 thing that fascinated me, and I text this to a lot of people, and I and very few people understood what I was asking because I didn't articulate the question very well. But the basic idea was, okay, if, if I and it, and it, what it boiled down to was nature versus nurture. 
and the the idea was if I took you, the essence of Luigi, and I put you in some random person, it could be a a, a woman in La Paz, Bolivia in 1838, it could be Adolf Hitler, it doesn't matter, like which of those which of those people would have had the biggest impact? Like if 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 I, if I was if I was born Adolf Hitler in in 1908 in Germany. I don't know if that's when he was born, but we'll just say it is. Like, what path, What would my path have been? Would I have joined the army? Would I have started the Holocaust? Or, or would I have gone a completely different direction? And the thing that interests me it was, like, if you took my, my soul and you put it in this random person who didn't become famous or, or gain notoriety, is, is there someone out, is there some position out there that would have been a mix of their situation, their, their birth situation, and my soul that would have been that would have been this impactful figure in, in, the, in the context of historical society. Wow. That, that was sort of what I was gearing it toward. You know what's insane? When you texted me that, and it took me a while to think about it. I thought about it. And I'm like, fucking Ben with his questions. And I'm like, I would pick Hitler. Because if I put myself in Hitler, none of that shit would have happened. We think. But I'm saying, if it was me, myself, no, that's not me. That's not you, but, I mean, I, you are correct in that I do not think you would have committed genocide. Yeah. But, but here's the, that, that's where nature versus nurture Because I would, like to st- I would think like I would go there and I would stop it. Not stop it, but I wouldn't be – if, if, if I dropped myself in there and I, and I would have went a, a different route, I would have not – committed what he committed I probably would have done something better I think you probably would have and I would I, love and, to and think then, that and, you know, and then I wonder what if we took Adolf Hitler's soul and we dropped it into my body in I was born in Galveston Texas in 1987 like Whoa. like nothing's happened like would he have become this horrible person or would he have just kind of led his life and maybe he would have been a fucking you know a manager at a box company and just kind of lived a normal life wow what the fuck was that did you hear that noise? Either, either a gunshot or a car backfiring. I'd like to think it's a car backfiring. <laughs> probably, probably isn't if it came from behind the building. We're in Fort Lauderdale, guys, so uh, might have been a gunshot. It's all right. <laughs> so I, I didn't want the question, and, that, and a lot of people took the question in the direction you did, which implies I didn't word it very well. No, I go go. I'm sorry, but it, it, I, didn't, I didn't want it to be about you know if you were born to this you know if you were born into this historical figure you wouldn't have done what they did. Um, it's, it was more about the like nurture. it was more about the idea of, of you of your soul in a different person with you know, like if I if different I, upbringing everything yeah like if, if I was born a different would I, would I have been a phenomenal guitar player would I have gotcha. been a I mean and I think the answer I mean I don't know the answer exactly but like you know I, I am a diehard Spurs fan and I hate at this particular moment in sports I hate the Houston Rockets but I guarantee if I was born in, in Houston and stayed in Houston I have the exact opposite thought, even though it's the same me. Yeah. And so that, that idea kind of interested me about, like, is there – like, if I were put into every soul at some point, like, how different would, would, would that have played out? You wow. know what I mean? Wow. Ben's a doctor in psychology, guys. This is why he can go down these rabbit holes because I certainly can't, and I definitely can't decipher it 
but it's pretty cool. I think you or Casey texted me a, 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 a GIF or a GIF of a monkey throwing a, yeah. throwing a laptop. <laughs> throwing a laptop. Casey texted the monkey throwing the Fuck laptop. That. Fuck that question. Casey's like, what? Go work out. Go, go work out. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Oh, my God. Yep, that's another gunshot. Fireworks? I think it's fireworks. Yeah, it actually does sound like fireworks. Yeah, 4th of July is coming up, guys. We got two weeks. Three yeah, weeks. yeah, yeah. That's, that was a firework. It's cool. Come to Fort Lauderdale. You're all good. You're safe. Don't worry about it. Again, anyone listening to this is probably in Fort Lauderdale and at ATP. Anyone listening to this is probably Mario or Alex. Because <laughs> <laughs> I beat you to your punch. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that, was, <laughs> that was Ben's joke. Ben was going to mess with, uh, make fun of me and my podcast. So, anyway. What else you got coming up? Besides the NNL competition, anything else that you're competing in? Anything as far as work goes? Um, I mean, as far as big events in life, I mean, I'm, I'm still doing the therapy thing, which is fun. Still doing the teaching thing over at Nova, which is fun. Most of my, most of the exciting developments in life, I would say, are probably, truth be told, more in the physical realm. Yeah, of course. Doing, doing the North American Championships, which oh, I'm that's right, you're doing. North, that's right. Quite excited for him. I'm eager to see – I think one of the things that I'm most eager to see is to see Casey, uh, your husband. My wife. Uh, your wife. <laughs> it, it wasn't me calling her a man. That was me calling you – me calling you a woman. Um, I, I'm eager to see her in a, in a non-coaching atmosphere where she gets – as I see her as coach, like she's – she is coach. Like I don't I, – I can't think of the last time I called her Casey. I always just say coach. Yeah. And I'm eager to see her as Casey the competitor where yeah. – where you know we're all encouraging each other, we're all coaching each other, but she doesn't have that obligation. She's you know three thousand miles away from the obligation of here's how you do it. It's just it's it's we're all we're all yeah. Equal, so and she's been training hard. She's she's been working hard. I mean her Eric Perez uh, and we got a couple of newcomers, John and Rachel, who are also that's right. Hard. I think Johnny I think Alphabet. I think it's going to be a, a phenomenal. Uh, phenomenal time um one thing that i did i don't think I, I i told casey i don't think i don't think this will be have been released by the time the race comes up so i'll, I'll tell you hopefully it will be uh i told rachel eric john yeah right rachel eric and john i told the, the, like I'm, I'm the one who's in charge of renting the car because I, I, I like driving i don't mind being the, the driver I told them I rented a Cadillac Escalade because like, they wanted something baller to fucking to roll up in. So yeah, guys, I went ahead and I rented an Escalade. Like I think it's black with like black leather interior, and they bought it hook, line, and sinker. And I got a fucking minivan. That's so Just awesome. Just a mom minivan, and I'm gonna pull up. And I'm gonna pull up. I'm gonna tell them I'm, I'll get to the airport first, and I'll go run and get the car. And I'll and they'll say, hey, you know, look for the white Escalade uh, at, at the airport. So and I'm awesome. gonna pull up playing. I'm trying to think of like the dopiest song. I think what I'm going to have blaring is uh, Carly Rae Jepsen's Call Me Maybe. Oh, my God. Have the windows. They're like, hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> they would love that, though. Oh, it's going to be hysterical. That's going to be awesome. And I'm very much looking forward to that race. It, it seems very unique. I actually am getting – I'm growing weary of Spartan Race, uh, truth be told. Go ahead. They're so – I mean, it's, it's a – I respect the company and all that they're doing. Oh, they're awesome. All, all the well, obligatory, whatever. But, but to me – they have so many obstacles that are just like classic Spartan obstacles that there's only room for like two or three new things uh, in there, and it, it, it's just it's becoming it's becoming stagnant to me. Uh, like to me, like every time I've done a Savage race, the, they have five obstacles that are just the most unique obstacles I've ever seen. Like and, and, and then they just disappear next year, and it's five new ones. And it's just, uh. 
they're so much more creative, and I feel like Spartan is kind of resting on their laurels. And I know they're trying to be the everyman race where people who haven't, because people who haven't been training can't go and do some of the, some, like a savage race. And I respect that. And, and Spartan's trying to be your, your intro into it because you mass appeal gets you more money. But it's just frustrating to see what, what feels like I don't again. I can't call it laziness. I don't know their motivation, and they're clearly making money, so it's working. Oh yeah. But it, it, it's just for like I, I can differentiate. I've done three savage races, and I can differentiate each one of them in my head. I've done four Spartan races. I, I mean, at this, at this point in time, they're 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 all the same. It's here's a bucket carry. Here's a rope climb. Uh, here's your here's your spear throw. And I get like some of them, like spear throw is classic, but at the same time, like fucking the thing that makes classics kind of cool is that other stuff gets mixed up, and they. And they stay consistent while other things get changed, but I feel like not real, not much really changes. Like the, the rig at the last one was monkey bars. Like, yeah, I get it. A lot of the time with Spartan, they they do it per city. Like they introduce, like Savage. Don't I'm not sticking up for anybody, but I'm saying from Spartan's perspective, they're worldwide. Savage is in the southeast, maybe just in no, yeah, southeast, maybe even just Florida. I mean, I know they go to Georgia, but yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they, they don't have, they don't have the burden of appealing to every. You know, Spartan has to do hundreds of races a week, maybe more. I mean, it's crazy. So, and once it becomes a corporation, I mean, it's like the idea of of you know Starbucks. Yeah, you know, they started as a as a small local company that could kind of do what they wanted, but once once the um, you know once once their brand is out there, in order to serve Starbucks, you have in order to call yourself Starbucks, you have to serve it in this yeah. exact manner. And that's great. Like if I go to a, if I go to a, an airport and I and like I see a, a Starbucks, I'm like okay, I know what I'm going to get when I go there. It's it's going to be a, I, mean, I don't drink coffee, but like it's going to be that quality of thing that I can set my watch yeah. to. And Spartan, I think they they have that, but to me, it's a gift and a curse at this point. It is, but the thing is, like Spartan has done a lot for this sport. Obstacle racing wouldn't have been obstacle racing if it wasn't for Spartan. Oh, without a doubt. I, and I I'm not sticking up. I'm just I'm just saying the facts that I I mean I guess they're my facts. But they made obstacle course racing what it is, and other people came in and did their take on it. And yes, they made it good. They, they made it are, better, you, I would you, say. You know, you know what I would call them, uh, and I'll give a couple examples to see which everyone resonates with you. Go ahead. Um, they are. I'll give it the first one. I'll give it. Won't resonate probably because you're not as much of a basketball. Guy. They are the Bob Cousy of this for any NBA old NBA Boston Celtics fans out there. But if that doesn't work, they're definitely doesn't work for me. They're they're the Simpsons. The they Simpsons. are. They, they ah, got the ball rolling. Without the Simpsons, okay. we probably wouldn't have had South Park, Family Guy, and Futurama. Gotcha. That being said, that I, think, I think South Park, Family Guy, and Futurama all eventually surpassed the Simpsons. Absolutely. But they had to recognize that they, they stood on, on the Simpsons' shoulders. Like, if you took an old NBA guy, there's the Bob Cousy was an old Boston Celtic in the 50s and the 60s. If you took him and put him in the NBA now, he would get annihilated. But if he didn't do what he did in the 50s and 60s and, and, and change and transcend the game by by – Dribbling between his legs or dribbling behind his back, guys, you know, like guys like Iverson wouldn't. have I was gonna say Iverson. Or, Fuck. I mean, if you take Allen Iverson and you put him and you put him back there and you put him in the fifties, he will. Oh, he runs circles. I mean, he'll it's score, different. He'll score yeah. points it's a game. Totally I mean, he's yeah. also those guys in the fifties and sixties. I mean, fucking Hank Aaron had two jobs. He was a baseball player and he was really. A, he I was, didn't know he that. Was a, he was a. He ran a. Uh, I want to say either a distillery or a or a. Um, uh, what do you call it? Where people make beer. A brewery. A brewery. Jesus Christ. And he hit 744 home runs. 
I, I did not know that. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's 44, and Babe Ruth hit below that. He beat Babe Ruth. Obviously, yeah, everybody knows he beat Babe Ruth. I, the truth be told, I, I, yeah, I, Hank Aaron was a, was the leader in home runs for. Uh, but like, he, but he had you know he had other jobs. Whereas like now, like Alan, when Allen Iverson was in the league, that was his only job. You train in the off season, and like LeBron James isn't isn't working as a you know as a oh yeah fucking pizza maker yeah at, at Blaze Pizza yeah he's professional it's a different yeah different ball game now. And he's paid millions of dollars, so he doesn't have to. But so I, I view Spartan kind of as that, like they 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 brought this, they did a, a, a they did this a wonderful service in bringing us this new sport. Yeah. But now I I feel like other races like Noram, um, oh, like Savage, they stepped it have, up, have surpassed them in terms of Battle Frog. Battle Frog has also surpassed them in, in creativity. So I, I I pay I pay homage to Spartan for getting the ball rolling, but um, I mean I I certainly would like to see them. Evolve. I, I, th- I think they've earned the right to evolve at this point. I you, think so you, don't, too. you don't have to be this classic thing. You can keep a couple of the classic ones, but feel free to mix it up a little bit. From what I know, and I've read Joe DeSena's book, uh, he's a hard nosed motherfucker, and he won't change. <laughs> Hopefully, he does. I would like to see him evolve the sport, evolve Spartan Race into. I love the idea of the band, cutting the band if you can't make an obstacle. I think that's mm-hmm. awesome. And in Spartan race, they do 30 burpees. But the thing is, Spartan brought burpees mainstream, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, and yeah, to, they, for them to take that away, that's a big deal. So for them to, like, adopt the style of if you can't make an obstacle, your band gets cut, I think is the best. That's the, the truest form of obstacle course racing is the band concept. What do you think? I like that. I like that a lot. Um, and Battlefrog came up with that. Have you ever done a Battlefrog? I did, I did, I did one. And again, yeah. I'm such a... I'm not a novice to these races. Like I've probably done a good twenty or so, uh-huh. but by no means am I, you know, an expert. So I, you know, I want to put, you know, everything I say, take with a take with many, many grains of salt. No, but, uh, but I, I love that idea of of of, of taking a band. It I, is. I think that's cool because I I don't want to me. It takes the runner out of it because if you're a runner, you can go and smoke a Spartan race and smoke everybody because you'll do your thirty burpees and move on. Yeah, but. And, I, and I, I like the idea. I mean, and again, maybe it's just coming from the fact that I'm not a runner. I mean, I, yeah. it's, I enjoy running, but, but I mean, you know, the, the, these runners who are out there, I mean, crime, I get, every time I come here on a Saturday, I get outrun by a fucking, well, how old is Sean? 90? I get outrun by a <laughs> I get outrun by a 90-year-old. He's, he's, he's a gifted 90-year-old. A gifted 90 Sean's not 90. What is he, 49? Something, something Might as well be 90. Something to that effect. Um... But, but I mean, yeah. So I like the idea of you have to complete. Like when I go to when I'm going to Noram, uh, I have a that's North American Championships. Everybody, it's a it's an obstacle course race that you have to qualify for, and one of the qualifying races is Spartan race. And there's other races too that you can. There's a bunch. There's a bunch, you can there's a bunch of things that you you have to qualify within a certain time. So Ben actually qualified and made it to the North American Championship qualifier. So he's going to be competing in it. And what was it? August. August 9th through 11th, I think. August 9th through 11th. And go ahead with the North American. But, like, I have – if I had to pick – I mean, not, not just Noram, but any of them. If I had to pick between – okay, let's say it's a three-hour race. If I had to pick between finishing the race in three hours, missing one obstacle, like not completing one obstacle, or finishing the race in four hours and completing every obstacle, I will every time pick I – want, I want obstacle completion. I do not care how fast I do this. Gotcha. I want, and that's just because I'm not a runner. I think rigs are more fun than running. So obstacle completion is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I could care less if it takes me 
forever. The only, forever. The only race that I'm really competitive down here is Goliath because all the obstacles are they're a lot of fun and they're and they're for for a local race. It's really well run and done, but they're all pretty simple. So then I'll actually run that one for for speed because I know I'll be able to do everything when I get to it. Um, but I think it's I, to me obstacle completion is just so much more of a what I would hang my hat on. No, yeah, but people take pride in that because if you complete an obstacle course race and you miss an obstacle and you lose your band it's just like yeah you don't count and that's really how it is but if you keep your band i'm not gonna say no one cares about your time but that's a bigger deal mm-hmm. much bigger deal if you complete a battle flog a battle flog a battle frog so i remember back in the day when battle frog came out and they came up with a band concept Keeping a band was a big deal because there were people stuck on rigs for hours. They could not get past these rigs. And, and, and to me, I, I, I like that. I, I think, oh, absolutely. I think it's cool. Like I've, I've heard a tale of people at, at OCR Worlds, whatever, or NORAM yeah. or whatever, doing a, a, a rig for three hours, and I love that. Like I, 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 hope, I hope I'm not one of them. I, I hope I you know, get everything on the first try. That'd be, that'd be super cool. Yeah, I, right? I, don't, I don't have delusions of, of grandeur where I will. I'm sure I'll fall and get back, and, and get back in line and do it again and again. But but to me that that's so cool that idea of of getting multiple tries to, to figure it out because sometimes it's it's a mental game like with I mean with a, with with the rigs we set up here there's always different strategies and you want to and you want to get to try different strategies so I don't like I don't I'm not a big fan of Spartans one and done kind of philosophy because I think you should be able to you know I, I could see them saying five and done or three and done but I, but I think one and done is a bit is a bit rough yeah. Because then you know you know, you like like you said you like to do the obstacles and I mean that's what, having me, one shot and then do burpees kind of sucks, but again it's a challenge in itself you know mm-hmm. it's just its own type of challenge, but I I definitely understand what you're saying absolutely you know so so what do you got coming up for the next ninja class? Um, I made the. Uh... Not script. I made the course already. I'm trying to think of what I have unique. Um, oh no, I had the I had the three minute on the traverse wall already. What's the unique thing I have? You know, I don't know off the top of my head what's the unique thing I have them. Um, what's the unique thing I have them doing? Uh, one of the things that I like is the idea of I don't know if I'll, if I'll break it out this this class, but um, putting the wing nuts at uneven heights. And and, and having some you swing up and you catch a wingnut or you swing down and you catch a wingnut. So for those of you who don't know, a wingnut obstacle, we have it in the gym right now hanging over our heads. It's like uh, – I can't even explain it. How the hell am I going to explain this, Ben? You explain it. A wingnut is an upside-down T with uh, two different potential fulcrums. You can – so take a T, put it upside-down and – Made of wood. It's made of wood. Made of wood. And you put a – uh, I mean, essentially, you just you drill two holes in the T, and the T swings upside down like a pendulum, uh, just with handles, and it's just two pendulums set up. I guess I don't know if parallel would be the right word or not. Uh, and you and you just gain momentum swinging back and forth, almost like a swing set uh, that you're using with your hands. And you can set them to various heights. And most of the time, when we set the wing nuts, we set them at the same height. I think it would be fun to. Uh, to set them at different heights, so you have to swing up to catch or swing or swing like down that. to catch the next one. I like that. That's good. Very good. So Ben, another thing. You're a doctor. This is true. For how long? But you're not a real doctor. I'm just kidding. I'm very kidding. <laughs> I, I, I've been. I've had my doctorate for 
four years, roughly? Psychologist, right? Yeah. And what made you decide to go that route? What made me decide to go the route of psychology? This, you know, this is what comes back to, this probably in some way fueled that question that we asked earlier. Uh, my dad was a psychologist. Oh, really? And I looked up, to, and when I was younger, I looked up to him, and, and probably to a certain extent I still do. Although now that I'm 32, it's it's, it's You're 32? Less. I turned 32 I uh, a week ago. Okay, awesome. Hey, happy birthday, fucker. A week ago yesterday. Um, oh, fuck, you haven't told anybody anything. Eh, not a birthday, whatever. You want another beer? No, I think I'm probably okay. good on two. Um, thanks, though. You're welcome. Um, yeah, I saw my dad do it, and I, and I saw the way that he had, for lack of a better phrase, he had deftly maneuvered some tragedies that happened uh, in my family. We lost, uh, we lost someone to, to suicide in my family. I was 10, and I, saw, and I saw the way that he was able to kind of pull the family together and help them work through that rather difficult time. And I think even when I was 10, I mean, I was pretty devastated by who had been lost, my grandfather. Okay. But I think I, even at that time, I was still, some, some level of me was able to perceive the the the, just, uh, the the hard work and, and, and the the power of the power that he put in, but also the, the the power of a few simple words to help people navigate that tragedy. I think that's probably what ended up influencing me to be a psychologist. I think wow. I, I don't know. That's pretty cool. Well, the fact that you just broke that down the way you did was pretty awesome. And and do you like do you like doing it? The vast majority of the time, yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think with any job you have. Absolutely. There's going to be days that just suck. Yeah. Um, but I would say the vast majority of the time, I, I very much enjoy what I do. I, li- I, like, I like my clients interpersonally. I like helping them work through things. And even if I don't like a client, I think that you know, there's, as, as frustrating as it might be, there's still a, you know, that still provides an interesting challenge to help someone, quote unquote, get better who you're not necessarily a fan of. Gotcha. That's cool. I mean, it's a lot of fun. Uh, group, group therapy, individual therapy, teaching. Uh, teaching is actually probably one of the more rewarding things. Yeah. Um, you have fun teaching, don't you? I very much in, enjoy teaching. And, and part of it is... Because you're a fucking ham? I, 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 I definitely... <laughs> it's, 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 it's no mystery to anyone that I, that I enjoy attention. Uh, I occasionally pretend that I don't, but it's pretty, th- it's pretty thinly veiled. Um... But I, I, I like that notion of, of being able to – it's not imparting wisdom. I'm fucking 32. I don't know shit, you know. But helping, helping people get their journey started is definitely a cool feeling. That's cool, man. That is awesome. You know what I remember? I remember um, when you first called here to find out about classes. Yeah, I remember I talking to you. To you. I talked to you, yeah. And I remember when you came in and Casey was like – I was like, Casey, you got a guy Ben coming in. Like I met Ben today. He was awesome. I remember it. That was like what the first three months we were open. Yep, it was pretty cool. I remember that. And you came in I'm trying to think. You know, you weren't wearing work clothes. You were in normal workout clothes. I think. That's one workout clothes. Yeah. yeah. I was like I, I uh, but I do recall. Uh, I didn't know Casey was the owner and like the main runner of the gym, and I gave her shit. What'd you do? She saw my she saw my tattoo, uh, the Breaking Benjamin tattoo, uh-huh. and she said, "Oh, you must be Irish because it looks like it's a Celtic symbol." Yeah. And I said to her, uh, "Like, 
real snarkily like what makes you think I'm Irish like that's pretty racist of you to make the assumption that I'm Irish and I am like pale as shit and I have red hair <laughs> and she like apologized for it and I was like oh shit I was kidding like it's so obvious that I'm Irish this tattoo has nothing to do with Ireland but I'm so clearly Irish uh, so I, I felt that like the first thing I do was overstep my bounds that is hilarious I didn't know I think you did tell me that actually but wait oh the Bringing Benjamin thing what is that the tattoo now I mean it's, it's just it's the logo of of, um, of Breaking Benjamin it is yeah. I didn't know you liked that band that much. I, I, I love the band. I don't think they're the best band ever. They're probably two of their their first, second, and third album are three of my favorite albums. But I, I mean, if I was going to get a, a, a tattoo of who I consider to be the most talented musician ever, it certainly wouldn't be them. I mean, no, no, I got you. That would be Mozart or Beethoven or Bach or something. But they like made that. a mark on you. They it, literally yeah, and figuratively. Yeah. They, um, you know, they represented a time in my life when I and I really loved. Going. It reminds me of college, of going to concerts with one of my good friends. That's cool. Uh, and just, just the, the the adrenaline rush that you get at a at a concert, at at a, at a rock concert is, especially when you're younger. Like now that I'm older and more jaded, I, you know, I don't need it's to go different. in the mosh pit. It's kind of like, oh yeah. When you go to a concert in your in your 30s, you're you're kind of on the outside looking in. Like you get the excitement, you get the joy and and, and, and the rush, but it feels like you're witnessing. The rush. Yeah. You're not necessarily a part of it. But when you go to a concert when you're 17. You're fucking just crazy. You're so, you're so in it. You're, you're inside the idea of that rush. And this tattoo reminds me of, of being in that, that rush, of being in that concept of just nothing else matters. And it's just, it's the music. And you're, you're, you're so, un, I don't know if uncensored would be the right word, but just um, you're, you're so into it, unabashedly, unapologetically oh, yeah. into it. Like I went and saw. This is when I knew I was "quote unquote" getting old, and I, and I, and, I, and this was when I was twenty three. So, ugh, I was such a tool. <laughs> but like, I went to a Lincoln Park concert with my wife. That she got me a. She was she was my then girlfriend, now wife, and she got me tickets. It was a wonderful show, and I'm so glad she did it. Especially now that unfortunately Chester's passed away. Yeah, I'm glad I got the opportunity to see them a number of times. Um, but she got me tickets to the to the show, and. It was early in my therapeutic career, so I was so, and I had a really interesting day in therapy. I had a client who like, brought a knife to school one day or some shit like that, and I was so into feeling like an adult because I worked with someone who brought a knife to school and things like that, that I, that I, that I found myself disconnected from the show and be like, oh, this isn't that important. Uh, it's, just a, it's just a show. It's just music. It's, uh, and, I, and there was some 17-year-old with blue hair in front of me being like, yeah, why the fuck isn't everyone standing? And I had this my snarky reaction in the back of, well, you know, other people have, have, uh, you know, have more important things to do, like helping clients and patients deal with these real world issues. So I kind of had this judgment of that 17 year old with blue hair for, for like putting that much thought and heart into seeing Lincoln Park Live. But fucking when I was 17, I had a, I had a mohawk, I had four earrings, and I was that into it. I was like, why isn't everyone moshing and fucking getting into it? So. It's just an interesting phase of life, kind of consideration. Ah. Like, I so I, I left that phase of life of being so in the moment to being a little more removed, and immediately upon leaving that phase of life of being in the moment, I, I, I judged it, and, I, and that was that was horseshit of me to do. Ben, you know, you can break shit down so awesome. I love it. I love it. I appreciate it. You know what's funny though? Talking about concerts, I went to a Seven Dust show. That's my favorite band. I met them. Did I ever tell you that? You met them? I met Seven Dust. Where? When? San Antonio. Uh, it was. They're gonna be the nicest guys ever, I'm sure. Oh my god, they were so friendly. I knew it. Uh, I, 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 
pride myself unnecessarily. I pat myself on the back for so many things that you I should. You told me you that I should. Seven yeah, uh, I pat myself on the back for things that I shouldn't pat myself on the back for. <laughs> That's kind of my thing. Um, and like I, my buddy Brian, shout out to Brian Rusk. He's not listening. Fuck you. <laughs> um, one of one of my best friends who who is who's about to break mention. He for my birthday bought bought two tickets to go see Seven Dust, and he paid extra dollars for the meet and greet. Whoa! Uh, afterward, and we and we met him, and, and there was a line of people. And, and, and the line of people was having them, like, like they would walk up to uh, LeJean, Le Lamont, LeJean, 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 and they would have him sign something, and then they'd walk off. Sign, picture, walk off, sign, picture, walk off. And I, and I looked at him, and I was like, I don't think he's, like, he looks bored. Yeah. So I walked up to him, and he just kind of instinctively stuck his hand out for, like, me to sign. It's like, I don't have anything for you to sign. That's fine. But, like, can I just ask you a couple questions? And he kind of lit up, and, and we chatted for a couple minutes about just, that like, so cool. like what's, your, what's, your, what's your pre-show routine? What do you listen to? What do you What do you do? I don't recall awesome. what he said at this point, but he was he was excited to get to tell me that and he was just the friendliest, fucking most intimidating he guy. I mean, all four of them are basically powerless. Yeah, it's like they're huge, big except for the drummer. Dudes the drummer is super skinny. Yeah, Morgan Rose is the yeah. drummer. He's um, an awesome fucking drummer. Yeah, he's great. I love that he does vocals too. But like, they were so super cool. It was actually where I discovered. If you're familiar with the band Red, you know Red. Red. I think I've heard what, what's their hit song because I've heard her, I think I've heard them on the uh, radio Breathe Into Me uh, is one of their big ones I think uh, I've heard Death that Death of You it was, it's, it's Christian but it's actually really despite being Christian no disrespect to Christians and Christian rock they it's opened for Seven good. Dust they opened for Seven Dust and my buddy and I were like who the fuck are these guys they're amazing really they're kind of, you, you remember Egypt Central no okay I got some I got some music to go give you then yeah um, but they're sort of they're, they're just like a regular like a that sort of formulaic generic but a lot of fun rock band cool man did yeah. you like Seven Dust Live though Oh, so much fun! I've, seen, awesome. I've seen them a couple times, and just so much fun. Speaking of them, that's where I went. I went, and I went, and I didn't want to go in the mosh pit. I ended up going in, and I'm 34 years old, and I went in. You went as a 34 year old? As a 34 year old, this was fucking four months ago. I went to the seventh concert. Oh shit! Where were they? They were at um, where's that place? Uh, Fort Lauderdale. Revolution. Revolution. You should have texted me, you piece of shit. I'm sorry, my brother got my brother's like, hey, we're gonna go because we oh, would always we would always go to Nonpoint Seven Dust. Ah, Nonpoint. They would open up for Seven Dust, you know, over here. They're a very Seven Dust-esque band. I love Nonpoint. And Nonpoint's from Fort Lauderdale. I did not know that. Yeah. Seven Dust ever comes back, show me a text, I'll go. I'll I, go absolutely. I'll go. I, I like the earlier stuff more, The um, which is such a cliche thing to say, oh, their earlier stuff's better. But their new, their new stuff is still awesome. Yeah, their new stuff's awesome, but like the um, Seasons. Yes. And uh, what's the album before that? With, uh, with Tits on a Boar on it. Animosity. Animosity. Uh, Animosity's an awesome album. That's a great album. I'm surprised you know these albums. Wow. I didn't know you were a Seven Dust fan. I am. I am a Alpha. Fan. There, there's so many. But Seasons was a great album, and so was Animosity. And then even before that, I mean, it's just. But yeah, so I went in the mosh pit because there was this there was this guy with his girl, in front of me the whole time. Like we were on the floor level. Like okay, the mosh pit's like right outside of us. Okay, we're cool. We're staying here. It was my brother and myself and a few of his buddies that I'm also friends with, and. Uh, this guy was in front of me the whole fucking time making out with this girl right outside. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Making out. This guy had to be my age, maybe older, and making out with a girl in her 20s. Okay, that's fine. But he's making out with her the whole time. It got really annoying. So it's the last few songs. I started getting hit. And I got hit in the face. And I was like, you know what? I Fuck this. I just went in there and I just started. I just went crazy. And I was just pushing people, whatever. Doing what you do in a mosh pit. And I made it my point to hit this guy. Not in the face, but I ran into him a few times because he was like on me making out with this girl, and it was it just disgusted me. So I had to just 
kind of like bump him out of the understood. way. Understood. He, he, he wasn't. I mean, to me, what what he's done is he's he's the person who who is on their cell phone at the comedy club, like saying, you know, whatever is happening in this present moment is a distant number two. If I can quote Pete Holmes, shame out there, the fan, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you're talking. About. Um, like he's not engaging in the present. You want people to engage in the present with you. I'm at seven dust. You're at seven dust. Let's enjoy this together. But and, he's at seven dust doing something else. But don't make out. Like which that's has, weird. It has this implication of. I have better thing. I'm here, but I have better things to do. That's probably like the psych, the the, the deep psychology behind it. But this, if you're you're making out with a girl at a rock concert like that, and right outside the mosh pit is very strange, very weird. But also, it was a great song that came on, and I had to jump in. Which one was it? I forgot which one it was. I forgot. But you gotta want to. I've be, done uh, it so many times at Seven Dust concert. I said I'm not going in, and I end up going in. And, and, and then the guy who's making out, like, you got to wonder, is he doing it because he's so overcome with passion in that particular moment? I mean, Seven Dust is a wonderful, passionate man, but yeah. they're far from romantic. Oh, absolutely So not. the question is, is he doing that because he's legitimately feeling romance, or is he doing that as a show? Like, I want to show just how fucking horny me and my girl are. And, I think he's making with, out for you. He was with a younger girl that was, like, that was pretty good looking, and he was trying to really— It's a trophy. He's, and, showing, and, he's showing what he's showing his conquest, and he was probably was was afraid, you know, trying to keep her close, probably if someone else was going to snatch her or something, which I doubt at that concert. Well, not at, at that concert, but you know, the concerts, you know, it's not if exactly he's, if he's you're going to find not, a catch over there. Yeah, I mean, he's not he's not protecting her. He's in a defensive. Like if you're trying to protect someone, you don't go near the mosh pit. Yeah, he's he's trying to show off that this is what, this is what I got. Oh God, that guy. He he he. Ugh. He didn't need to be there. But anyway, it was a great show. It was awesome. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. We had a great I, love, time. I love their passion. Yeah, they are definitely a passionate band. So, what else you got? I don't know. Whatever, you know, whatever direction we can go. The you, you wanted to hear more about the tragedy porn? You wanted to hear more about the tra- oh, games? tragedy porn? <laughs> okay, guys. So Ben. I'm going to go take a pee real quick. Go ahead. Go, you, go. You, you can keep talking. No, yeah, I'll talk about tragedy porn because you're going to talk about it because I'm going to take a piss after. So Ben was uh, – we were talking about American Ninja Warrior because the gym that we have here, Atomic Training and Performance, we do strength and conditioning with an emphasis on obstacle training. So the obstacle training, you know, we train people for obstacle course races. We train people for Ninja Warrior. Um, and we do strength and conditioning because you absolutely need strength and conditioning to be good at any sport. But that's what we believe and that's what we teach. And we also have a love for obstacle training. So, Ben and I were talking about Ninja Warrior before the podcast started. And I was trying to get this thing to work. And he was talking about how much he disliked the show. And I was in the same boat. I like the athletes. I like the obstacles. But the show aspect of it, I don't like. And Ben hit it perfect when he called it tragedy porn. And... And he's going to elaborate on it more, talking about tragedy porn, because American Ninja Warrior, the show, I'm not shitting on the show, because it is a really good show, and it's brought a lot of people uh, a lot of joy, and um, it's also brought people that never knew that they were athletes, and they became fucking athletes, and became badass athletes at that, and, um, but they take tragedy, and make tragedy porn and people love it and they eat it up but I can't take that that phrase because it was Ben that came up with it 
So Ben, you want to elaborate on tragedy porn? I just I just gave the breakdown of what we do and what we are as far as the ATP goes. Oh, okay. And uh, I told him how we came about. How you said uh, tragedy? American Ninja Warriors tragedy porn. Um, yeah, sure. And, and, and I, I gotta, I, I, I will have to admit that a lot of this is um, sour grapes. Uh, Louis is gonna go take. Go, a go, go, keep going. So I'm gonna move over here. A lot of it's sour grapes because I've applied to the show and not gotten on. And to me, it's, the show is to get onto the show. It's a mixture of three things. It's a mixture of charisma, which I think in front of a camera, which I think I have, um, ability, which. I have some, but not, not, not a ton. I, can, I mean, I can handle a salmon ladder, but I mean, there are so many guys who come to this gym who just blow me out of the water with their abilities. Uh, and then a tragedy, which I do not have, which is wonderful. I've led a charmed life where nothing, I mean, you know, a couple minor things have happened. Um, but, you know, compared to a lot of other people, you know, no, I haven't. I, I, I got where I am in life in spite of nothing because people have patted me on the back every, every step of the way. Um, but there is just this idea with a lot of these TV shows that that, that, that bugs me uh, and I get that the shows are about overcoming obstacles but at some point in time it just it gets a little it gets a little mundane when every every person has a has this sob story and some of them are I mean they're all real and legitimate but some of them feel kind of kind of kind of forced kind of contrived <laughs> uh, and it's just it's just frustrating and um, to see that, like the, it seems like the only way to break into a show like that is either you be a g- phenomenally gifted athlete, like your Drew Dreschels and your Daniel Gills, or have some horrible story. Um, and I am not a phenom- I'm a decent athlete. I'm not a phenomenal athlete. Nothing compared to those guys. And I don't, I don't have one of those stories. So it feels like shows that that market themselves towards the everyman really aren't. They're looking for they're looking for a very specific niche of, of, of people I've, I've I've been informed that I, I legitimately just don't have enough of a enough of a story to make the show which is frustrating because I work you know you work hard on the videos to come up with a clever way and a clever I don't say shtick but I'll be honest it's a shtick um, you know you come up with a with a clever way to introduce yourself and you know with the psychologist ninja or the professor ninja or I mean I'm not a big fan of the nickname concept but, I'm not at all um, but it's, it's, it's just frustrating to see like who's who's got the bigger story who's got the bigger so it, it just it just feels not pornographic obviously in the sense of actual sexual gratification but just in the sense of like like if someone's ever heard the term food porn like oh wow that's an amazing food to take a yeah. picture of it looks great and I just feel like it's almost like you're, you're comparing scars uh-huh. uh, and it's just frustrating to 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 see that that's so much of a, of a benchmark of getting on the show is how big is your scar as opposed to how big is your dedication to getting on the show? And again, maybe it's just sour grapes because I've never gotten on, and uh, and that's fine. If I never make it, I never make it. I'm not overly concerned. Yeah, but the thing Lord is, Lord knows I'd probably fall on the first fucking obstacle. That's not true, you knucklehead. But the thing is, like, it's um, they they didn't specifically say you don't have a story, did they? I mean, I know, like, uh, I mean, I can't recall the exact words that were used, but that that felt like the the really strong implication that. That I did not don't, have. You're not gonna. You don't get discouraged though. You're still gonna apply, right? I mean, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going to apply. I'm going to apply as long as applying is fun. I like making videos. I like trying to do goofy, creative things, and I like you know that, that that's fun. But the second that applying feels like a chore, I'm going to drop it because. And here's the thing. Maybe maybe one of the reasons that I shouldn't make the show, and this isn't meant to sound self-deprecating. Go ahead. But one of the reasons that I shouldn't make the show is a lot of the guys who make the show. That show is them. Like they, 
they they train for so much of that, and then they, they dedicate their life to it, and they have a a willpower in that in that regard that I don't match. Could I theoretically match some of their skill? I mean, not not the big guys, but but could I if I worked a hell of a lot harder, could I get a hell of a lot better? I'm sure I could, but I have so many other facets of life that I, that I don't want to see fall by the wayside. So I only train for ninja stuff a couple hours a week. I work out every day, but I only train for ninja stuff specifically a couple hours a week. If my hands start to hurt and I can feel them start to rip, I'm going to probably stop. If I, if I can't tape them up, I'm probably going to stop so I don't rip and then have to watch my hand heal for a week. Yeah. Like I, I, don't, I don't have the, the, you know, if I see an obstacle that looks a little bit dangerous, um, if it's, a, if it's a, a, a transfer at the top of the salmon ladder or something and I don't feel super comfortable doing it, I'm, I'm not going to risk it even if I – you know, if I know I could probably physically do it because I do it lower and it's not harder, higher than lower, I'm not going to risk that. Whereas some of the more dedicated athletes would. So maybe that's why. You know, maybe that's one of the reasons why. You know, not, again, not I shouldn't be on the show in this like oh nah, yeah. stupid me, but like maybe that's one of the reasons why. Um, why the you know the show is meant for those who who have that dedication no, and, and I respect that. I, you have dedication. I think you're overanalyzing it personally. I think that if you went on, I think you'd surprise yourself. And I might, but maybe I'm overanalyzing it. Absolutely. You want to hear the probably the most psychological thing I'll say all day? Is Let's do I'm it. I'm overanalyzing it as a defense mechanism because if I don't overanalyze it and say, well, maybe I don't deserve it because of X, Y, and Z, then then the, the next logical thought would be, oh, I'm I, I'm not on it and I'm not going to be on it because they don't want me and I can't have that be the truth. So I have to justify their not wanting me. Because if I don't, then I'm just going to be sad. This is Ben. Is this what we call it a psychoanalysis? Would you call it that? I was psychoanalyzed. Is that even a word? Yourself? <laughs> so you said there's psychologically analyzing yourself, which is what we're, what we're doing here. Then there's something called psychoanalysis, and that's that's a that's different. That's Sigmund Freud stuff. Uh, like he he's, he founded a school of thought called psychoanalysis that is nothing like what we're doing now. That's more gotcha. id and ego and super ego shit. Oh and you could tie God. that into this, but. It's 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 not. Ben, you're too smart for me, man. We got to do. I want to do another podcast with you because you're so intelligent that we can go into the depths of the mind. I think I'm a, I'm a novice when it comes to the mind. No, you're There's not. So many people out there. Who no, you're not. Work. I appreciate your compliment. Don't get me Come wrong, on, man. man. Well, I'm a simpleton. So you're that's why you're a simpleton. You're right. I'm not a simpleton. You are. But Ben, we're gonna do this again, and because it's late. Yeah. I mean, whatever you need, man. I'm, so I'm, I'm good to if you want to keep rolling. So, I'm good to roll. We're, we're, we're doing our thing. No, I know, but it's getting late, and we're going to do this again. Absolutely going to do this again, and we're going to get Greg's. There's this guy, Greg, that comes to to this gym, and he, he's on. he's been on the Ninja Warrior a few times. And, Phenomenal athlete. But Ben thinks he's one of the most intelligent people he's ever met. So... We're going to get this guy on soon. Because for Ben to say that, that's a lot. And I spoke to Greg before. And yes, he's very intelligent. Very well spoken. It's more just, he, he, he makes me think, he, he makes what someone think about things in ways you didn't even. And that's the name of this fucking podcast, man. Wrestle Your Perception. So. Oh, is that the name of it? Yeah. I came up with the name. Isn't that cool? Hey, so, yeah. That is the best thing about this podcast, is the name. It's <laughs> <laughs> by far the highlight. Oh my God. All right, guys. Well, we'll we'll uh, talk again soon. And this podcast, as all the other ones, brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Brought to you, I wish. Brought to you by Atomic Training and Performance, because that's where we're at.
And that's where we always will be. And because no one else is going to sponsor this shit for a long time. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening. Mario and Alex and everybody else. Hey, Mario, go fuck yourself, man. Let's <laughs> go run 10 miles and then eat a fucking eat a, a fucking, fucking leaf. Eat a fucking leaf. Don't kill the bees, you fucking moron. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Take care.